All, we are back talking everything Sky Fantasy Football. How was your Sky weekend? Yeah, good. Thanks, Fergie. Um, yeah, re- really good weekend. Uh, which which was kind of surprising because I don't have anything out of the out of the ordinary for those our regular listeners. I uh, know the know the way that I play the game, and it's very boring and uh, maintained. So I don't really have many differentials, but I've managed to keep up to seventy ninth overall. Flying, you do have something um, sort sort of magical in that your keeper managed to get um, save points for a penalty without actually saving a penalty. Um, so you you do have something in there, you know. Well, this, well, that's the second time this season, isn't it? After Henderson earlier on this season as well. Having having played Sky for roughly ten seasons, this is the first season that I've benefited from uh, this rule. Whereas. Highly owned options have done it before. I remember Matt Ryan when he was on a really good run with Brighton and a lot of players would bottom in. Uh, there was a penalty skied in that game, which really annoyed me. And then Dean Henderson for Sheffield United against against Man City, I think. Aguero missed a penalty, put it off target, and then got subbed at halftime. Um, I think that was a game. might not have been, but Henderson got it as well. And he was really highly owned, so... Um, I'm getting, I'm taking my luck now when I've not Absolutely. had it previously. Midas, no, it, it it does leave an out, and you know, and, and as you say, we were just talking before we went on. Then you know, as we both know, that uh, you know, to have a good season, there is that those kind of little swings go your way sometimes. Those little rubs of the green, which sometimes feel like they're compounding against you, they go for you sometimes. And yeah, you've uh, you thoroughly deserve to be there, mate. He says uh, through gritted teeth. Um, I think I'm probably about 50 points behind you. My rank is, you know, still, well, it says 514 in fr- on, on the screen, but I'm actually 533. And there's a reason for that. Almiron uh, scored a five-pointer yesterday with six tackles. Well played, Almiron. Um, but the, uh, Sky removed or Opta removed three overnight. I mean, how can you possibly remove three tackles overnight? I just do not understand it. And, uh, yeah, um, Jonathan Maloney in the chat says, if Dan was here, his rant would take up half the show. Tackles removed, dodgy pen saves, points awarded. Uh, that, that That's not a good look, is it? Taking three tackles off. It happened to Douglas Louise on Eno Kamara on Friday night as well. I'm, I I know that the Almeida one, at least it was removed. Like, so I've been overly critical of Sky Fantasy Football historically about not being very clear or going against their own T's and C's when they've been doing stuff. In this instance, they have followed the rules that they set themselves. Yeah, I agree. So at least there's consistency there. I think if I, I, I own Almeron as well, so it, so it is whilst frustrating, at least I, I'm more happy that they're sticking to the rules and as long as they continue to do so. Yeah, I um, think I think as well, it's easy to think there is Sky, but Sky get all the data from Opta, right? So it's, it's actually Opta. Yeah. It's the Opta feed. Um, and the, which and is the wrong. Thing is, is that, and they'll check just before 8 a.m. the following day. And if it's been updated, they'll go back and backdate it. And at that point in time, if it gets backdated thereafter, that's locked and I, it doesn't change at that point. I personally think that's the right thing to, to do as well. So, again, not having to go at Sky in the slightest, but having to go at the, you know, Opta in terms of that's, you know, that's just a bit. How, how, how can you accidentally give three tackles? It's a bit crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, about 50 points behind you probably got a few more transfers than you i think but i don't know about you i don't know about you know uh, everyone watching and listening um unless you've got like got a block newcastle defense it's been pretty tough going i think it's fair to say 
since the overhaul has been a real war of attrition um, in terms of a lot of planned moves, which we talked about on this pod, you know, and you know, lots of others have been talking about, haven't really come to fruition. It does feel like we're we're kind of using transfers um, and not really getting a lot of benefit at the moment. I know you're going to do a little bit on on transfers later, aren't you? And the kind of the value. Can I um, talk a little bit about the Man City pylon? So, and we've got a few questions related to this, and it's been a com- like conversation topic and some threads and stuff like that on Twitter about, but certainly from the Sky FF perspective because of the calendar days and being able to move on the players and stuff. So when we did our first podcast after post overhaul, so just before Christmas time, like you and I had identified. As, as had others about this Man City pylon and, and, and multiple avenues to do it. And my original plan was to do that. Where where I changed over time. So I ha- have gotten two, like two of my transfers that I've used have been on City players, albeit one replacing another rather <laughs> rather than rather than adding two two more players in. But part of part, part of my thinking was that Maybe a Man City asset would be identified as someone who is in the team now and um, looks like a lock. So that's why I did the Stones. That's why I brought Stones in um, on that basis. But it was also to give a chance to assess Man City as well before that time of doing it. Gain the extra fixtures from other teams, then move on to City. And when it came to both hop-on points that they'd identified, City weren't weren't playing great. They, They haven't got a settled team yet. And that was a couple of reasons why I've avoided piling on. So whilst it was my original plan, and we've talked on pods since, that it just didn't, it just no longer appealed to me. I think and for me, it was it was more the um, we didn't know the team. Like even even with Man City, even if they had a settled ish team and they weren't playing well, I, I would have quite comfortably still still gone in. But we didn't know who. Like who to go in on, right? We've all, you know, between us all, we've probably gone in on, you know, Edison, Cancelo, uh, Stones, maybe Akanji, maybe Aki, um, De Bruyne, Rodri. Okay, De Bruyne and Rodri have been, you know, fairly consistent in starting, but it's just been impossible to pick. You know, there's only really Haaland, De Bruyne, Edison and Rodri. I'd probably say the four players who you know pretty much 90% are going to play. The rest is a bit of a free-for-all, right? Yeah, and, and I'm doing exactly the same right now. If I'm thinking longer term, like, where's the opportunity? Arsenal's fixtures change. They're not playing in the league. Uh, they're not playing in the League Cup, so they won't have the games cancelled there. They've got extra games coming up as well. So at, at this moment in time, I'm planning three, in kind of three, four weeks' time, uh, where's where's the pile-on point for Arsenal? We'll play um, the same 11 every week. <laughs> we'll play the same 11 every week. So again, that's a, that's a similar opportunity that I'm identifying, but... If Arsenal go off the boil exactly. and um, get one or two more injuries over that period of time as well, then uh, then I'll cease fire and, and and perhaps bring in one asset similar to what I've, I've done for City as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, it is all about looking at the opportunities, and then secondly, is how you execute, right? Because we've had occasions before where all the stars have aligned. We've got to that moment, you see the lineup, and you think, yeah, that's it, I'm in. But this time, it just didn't feel right, you know. And you can sense from people who did pile in that they were very hesitant in doing it right and 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 again with like injuries as well so Ruben Diaz was injured but he might be back Laporte had a slight injury might be back 
Uh, Rico Lewis appeared from appeared from nowhere and suddenly took Walker's place. Cancelo suddenly won in the starting lineup. It's like who do you pick? Who do you pick? It's, yeah. uh, it's really, and you know it's a. I think Ake I think has played every game, but you know would anyone be surprised if Ake didn't start the next game? It's just it's, it's, yeah, it's been really tough. And you know if if anyone did pile in, it hasn't really worked out. You know, but but you know, long way to go. And City do have a lot of fixtures all coming up again. Got an extra game this week. Got an extra game this week. Got two in the week coming up against Arsenal. I think that's maybe in like a month's time as well. Yeah. Uh, welcome to everyone in the chats. Uh, Sam D. Taylor, Kaiser Sose, Geo Boys, uh, Julian Wardle uh, says, still raging about Pope getting five save points. Matt Scarf, Nathan Lodders, uh, who's flying, he's doing very well. Joseph Robinson, Wing L, uh, says, Edison over Pope has cost him not being in the top 100. Uh, Phil Speck, who is also flying. Gary Plant, um, Glenn Murray, uh, Boris the Blade, Johnny White, Manchester is in as well. Barry Morrison. Joseph Robinson says, anyone who has Zaha and Mitrovic must shit themselves when they get a penalty. Absolutely. And Manchester says, Watkins was a waste of time. We're going to touch on Ollie Watkins in a second. Uh, Sam Arundel, uh, evening, joining you from St. Eustatius. Have I said that well? Uh, have I said that right? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, uh, Manchester says, doing okay, but a few teams 50 points ahead of me. We can see their team pretty much have the same team as me. So, a bit, you know, a bit disillusioning. And yeah, it it, it is it is Manchester, but you know, it's a long old game, and still I say it every week. I'll, I'll be I'll be able to say it this week. I think for the final time, but we're still not halfway through the season. We're still not halfway through the season. There is still a long, long, long way to go, and there really is. So let's just hope that all those people have a well below or around that average. You know, of nineteen transfers left or whatever it is. Anyway, Paul, what were you talking about today? Uh, we are going to have a look at popular moves over the weekend there, and. I am putting the foundations in place to try and calculate what the value of a transfer is, at least um, from my own perspective. And at the moment, since overhaul, it's probably fair to say, spoiler alert, probably not as high as we maybe hope. Well, I would say it's a thought, but definitely hoped, I would guess, from from what we've seen so far for both of us. Yeah. It's low, and I guess one of the caveats, and again, we'll talk about it, is to what point do you then close off um, close off the transfer? If you're making a transfer now for, yeah. um, think, think like thinking, you're on a run of fixtures, like five good fixtures, and hence I've made that transfer to take, consider, uh, take all of that into consideration, then there's a valid argument to wait until the end of that five yeah. game weeks to, to close it off, or if it's a short-term move, so... Um, I'm going to try and operate multiple different models on the same data, um, so the end of the season that we can have a a good look at and and hopefully use that data to inform us or, or educate us on how we should use our transfers next season. Sounds good. Uh, firstly, uh, let's have a quick look at Aston Villa, who obviously had those um, that uh, Friday night fixture against Leeds, and they also had the hop on points the week earlier, didn't they? Um, where yeah. a lot of popular assets blanked. Yeah, so so not so not a great deal of movement in terms of uh, transfers in or perceived transfers in based on um, percentage ownership increasing. Watkins was at twelve point three; he jumped up to sixteen point two. I think that's way down again after that. So um, you can see that's down at four point eight percent the following day. So a lot of people have done similar to what I had done. Had Watkins in from the previous game from Wolves. 
played them in the single against Leeds, got injured, but at least he got the two points for the 60 minutes played rather than FPL, where it'd be less than that, right? It would. Um, and then uh, and then moved off immediately because he's not really a long-term prospect. I, I just wanted someone that had a higher ceiling. Like I could have looked at one of the diff- like players that I thought would tick along for bonus, but yeah, made the move to Watkins, but a lot of people was taking him back out, so he's down I to think he's, he's going to be one of those now, right? He's going to be a proper troll where he was doing well before he brought him in. He'll probably be back next game and score a couple of goals or something, you know, and that's just the way it goes, isn't it? But for the little period we need in back-to-back home games, decent as well, not the return, sadly, but, you know, them's the uh, them's the breaks. A, lo- a little bit of movement uh, for Bailey and Buendia. I know that uh, James on Planet FPL podcasted had suggested them as as potential got got a good potential upside. Yeah. So um good on you if you made that move. Even if you were going to hold them for a little bit longer at that mid-priced um midfield bracket. Oh wait, the, the thing that put me off, I, I don't think I knew that I was going to make this as a short-term move anyway. And I think the thing that would have put me off is that I'd have had to have got rid of a midfielder that I'd want to keep longer term. Um, I think that at present the optimal formation is probably three five two. Uh, there's just so yeah. many good midfielders, which is crazy saying that because it's probably in the first time ever that I've played Sky where um, having five midfielders is optimal because it's usually hit or miss. Um, most kind of 2-2-2, 10, 15, 2 runs in midfielders, but there's a lot more consistency in the midfield bracket this season. Um, but yeah, good, but, but well done to those that, that made that move. Uh, similar with Leeds, Rodrigo's at 11.6%. That jumped up to 19, so not much movement, but it did come down to 10.6. I think with Rodrigo's price point, maybe I could see the logic and maybe holding for a little bit longer. Uh, Leeds do have some okay fixtures coming up as well. He's only 7.4 million. That might have made sense as a longer-term move rather than a hop-on, hop-off. So it, it makes sense to me why his ownership was already high and it didn't jump up much higher on that on that single I think game. I think he's actually a, a pretty good pick regardless I think he's he's a very good player he scored night you know scored what was it 98 points this season 7.4 million as well you know if we if we bear in mind that that price point we'd be looking at kind of enablers lot of season and we for that price point but he's actually got a lot of upside there potentially for 7.4 so I don't think he's uh you know and, and as you've just said like if you think Three five two is optimal. Then is nothing wrong with like a, a three four three, and then moving back to a three five two or four four two. So I actually think he's a, a pretty good hold and a pretty decent differential, Rodrigo. Because if you think of the players that people have got in that price point at the moment, not tremendously exciting, are they? So yeah. And then um, Man City was the last team I looked at. I, th- I thought people coming off Villa and Leeds might move on to City. Probably not as much as what I expected. Uh, Rodri jumped from 12 to 18.2%. He was my transfer in on Saturday. Um, again, there was a little bit of movement and kind of Mares and Ake, uh, Akanji, Cancelo as, as well. It's, it's like people like pain if you're moving back on to Cancelo. <laughs> he, 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 he has been an incredible Sky asset over time, but um, just to kind of reiterate the point that I made last week, I think um, uh, the, the reason why I didn't mind paying 11 million for him was that he was guaranteed his this place. And now I no longer think that that's the case. 
Um, time will tell, but I, I no longer think that's the case, and therefore I'd rather spend money elsewhere. And it, it's also strange saying it because it feels like a season where you don't need a lot of budget. Man City and Liverpool are the most expensive backlines, where most of our teams don't consist of either of those. Um, not even the keepers, like we're talking about Pope being a better keeper. Um, I do think it's going to be very interesting what happens when Newcastle's fixtures both reduced in volume and stiffen in fixture difficulty um, where, where people are going to go because we've been kind of blessed with the budget so far. Um, with Cancelo, I had, I had one of those hours of crazy swings where if he hadn't started, I was going back to Rashford. Obviously, he started... And then that goal should never have been allowed, mind that Bruno Fernandes goal. I'm not, I'm not even going to argue about that with anyone. It should never have been a goal. Um, and then Rashford suddenly got injured just for half time, down on the deck, commentator. Oh, he's pulled his hamstring. And I'm thinking, oh, th- this has worked out well. At the time, Cancelo was on a clean sheet. Rashford going off injured. Couldn't have gone any better. And then so it obviously... Chance of passing bonus. Chance of passing chance bonus. bonus. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, it obviously just turns completely on his head and Cancelo ends up with... He just scraped passing Cancelo. He got three. Um, he got 60 passes. But obviously, you know, um, Rashford went on and got... I, I can't remember. Was it like a nine-pointer or ten-pointer? So, uh, yeah, that was, that was, you know, that pain... No, the the, the glory that pain black eleven points. It was eleven points for us. You just love rubbing that salt in, don't you, with that extra little cherry oh, on top. Make it factually clear. Here's a question for you: Would you think has scored more points this season? Um, the uh, Rodri or um, Solly March? I would have. Like, well, you're going to tell me Solly March. I, I, if 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 it wasn't recent, like if I wasn't recent recency bias and his stats getting thrown about, and I'm talking more from an FPL perspective, then I, yeah, I would have went. I would have said Rodri still. Yeah, Rodri is 99. I tried to double bluff there, and you, as usual, just uh, came in, you know. <laughs> uh, but um, Solly March. This has grown up in social clubs, Fergie. Uh, bargain. This is it, isn't it? You know bargain. what? You, I used to do this thing. Do you remember? Um, have you, you've you've obviously played one card, um, a chase the ace, where you if you don't like the card, yeah. you swap it around. And yeah. I used to and leave. If you've, king, and if you've got a king, you don't swap it, it, right? Or something. I used to be, always be really careful who was sat on my right, all you know, all all the time. And uh, the amount of times I used to talk talk the player on my right, if I had like a you know like. Um, an ace or a two or one you wanted to go, I'd, I'd like, you know, hold on to it. And uh, if they go to swap, I say, no, you can't swap, you know, and like, and they come on, no, 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 no. And, and pretend like, you know, the old, uh, a complete bluff, but then the double bluff on top of it. And then I would, and, and then the other way then. So I would have like a jack, they would have a two and I would act like I had an ace and they would end up like sticking on a two and then lose, like turn over my jack and they would like lose a life. Anyway, sorry, quick quick thing there, the old social club uh, drama then. But anyway, back to uh, Sky. Uh, Solly March got 92 points at 6.9 million. Absolutely insane. I, I, I almost referenced them last week and then I was like, He's a player that I'm never ever going to say, never going to say. And I don't like, do you know, like, I don't like saying players' names in this podcast that I would never ever consider myself. I, I try and give all my advice yeah. from from my perspective, and chose not to mention him on the podcast last week. So. He was one of my um, 
differential picks on Green Hour a few weeks ago because his, his attacking stats have been have, have been insane. They've been so so good. So uh, yeah, but uh, Mars ninety two points. Mitoma, who's only started a handful of games, is already on forty two points. McAllister ninety one points. I can see us uh, going you know going into Brighton very very soon, and that is cheap. Well, can, well, well, can you? Because like so, Ian Parham's asked one of the questions about what like so for for new listeners. Um, the way I often think about making transfers is what would my optimal team be right now? How many moves away am I to yeah. doing it? And then where can I pick up the extra games to move to maneuver towards that? And I'm looking at what my team would be less so right at this moment in time because we've got one round of fixtures coming up this weekend. Then we've got a two week break because of the FA Cup. Um, so I probably won't make any transfers in the short term. So thinking in three or four weeks' time, what does my team look like? And I think somebody else had mentioned the question about Arsenal assets. And I was like, I want all the midfielders from Arsenal. So you're sitting, with, you're sitting with a midfield of options of Rodri, who's been incredibly consistent. Right? can mention Salah because he's got high ceiling, but like, you take him out. So Rodri, Polina, Almiron's been doing, doing pretty well recently, yeah, even though he's blanked two of his last three. But uh, Newcastle's will change, so I'll remove him from that. So we've got Rodri... We've got Polina. We've got add McAllister to that. Yeah. Then you've got Saka, Odegaard, and Martinelli. You've got Rashford. Sorry, oh, I didn't Rashford. mention Rashford. Yeah, Rashford. He's probably, lock. He's probably lock. So, like, where's the where's the room for all of these midfielders? It's, oh, it's crazy. Just now. so my optimal team at present are thinking three weeks in advance would definitely be on three five two. Um, budget's no required when you're talking about these players budget you don't need to like worry about budget so you probably just sit with Kane and Haaland yeah, all right. season yeah. and then the back three Saliba Trippier and someone else yeah, yeah. Gabriel yeah well Gabriel's I'm looking at and then I'd maybe even consider the Arsenal keeper so this is me planning three weeks in advance saying right an Arsenal Arsenal pylon but like I said earlier on things, things could change but yeah I think my team would look something like that um yeah, there's not many players in my team that I necessarily want rid of to make gains in the in the very short term, and it's really Newcastle that I'm looking at a little bit further down the line coming off. Uh, I think this is why I've been have I been advising people not to get Newcastle defenders, which I know sounds ridiculous, but possibly yes. But it's more because I'm trying to think of it's two transfers to bring them in, and whilst they have been consistent. Their ceiling does feel like seven points every time that you're doing that. Well, it has so been. Been, uh, it has been seven I points. Mentioned that, last, mentioned that last week. The, the only def, there was only eight defenders that fit in the middle of that Venn diagram this weekend for uh, picked up a clean sheet and picked up some element uh, bonus. So there's two the two Brighton centre halves, um, Thiago Silva who picked up double bonus, yeah. which was an added bonus considering I took the captaincy off Polina to to put on him on Thursday. We'll talk about about that in a second. Um, Dan Byrne, I think, was only Newcastle defender to do it because he picked up tackling bonus. You can't really um, depend on that. Two Wolves defenders, Zinchenko from Arsenal. Yeah, if, I, if that's not eight, then it is eight, but I can't remember if it's close. I never wrote it down. Let's have a look at your uh, transfers since overhaul then, Paul, and the uh, yeah. success or not of them. 
Yeah, so, so what I'm trying to do here is create a retrospective of my transfers played. One, to help myself at the end of the season do a mini retrospective on moves, assess whether they paid off, whether they didn't pay off, what can I what can I learn from from this um, to, to take it the next season. Um, but I also wanted to see if I could use it to identify what the value of an average transfer is. Um there's a few caveats I need to consider and I'm going to track this multiple different ways. So I'm trying to think of what the end point to the transfer, when did I stop counting? So I'm going to try and run the player from and the player to points all the way through to the end of the season and then take the net off all of those and then see what the value of transfer is that way. I'm going to run it for a certain number of game weeks or I might not uh, what, like where my intention lies with the transfer on there as well and only track it to that point so if I'm looking to move on to a new like if, if I was doing a Newcastle defender at the weekend there it would be a four week move for me so mark at the start I'm going to measure this for four weeks and then and then the last point is maybe track it to the point where I then come off that incoming player and track it to that point and capture it there so so I'll capture it four ways just now um, I've just done what the outgoing players scored since I took them out and then what the incoming players scored since bringing them in. A couple of factors in there. I took the captaincy off Polina to add on to Silva, so I've added a negative three for my decision-making there, and I've doubled Watkins's two on Friday night for captaincy. Um, so you can see from the Gabriel to Watkins move, I've made zero points, because they both scored six points in that time period. Uh, I moved Salah on to Stone, so I've gained eight points from that. Cancelo on to Silva, so whilst I was initially down um, Silver's welcome twelve pointer yesterday's made me up from it, so seven points. Cancelo could keep a could play and keep a clean sheet on Thursday, and that nets down to zero again. Um, I moved Rod Stones onto Rodri. Uh, yeah, I mean, I must have heard was, that injury was bursting. Yeah, 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 yeah it, it did. And then my decision was right. Let's take any panic out of future moves further down the line by bringing in one of the four players that you mentioned that were nailed for, for City. They, are, they still have got the volume of fixtures. I'd be happy to collect multiple fives, um, or five-ish uh, down the road. So so five points up from that move because Stones didn't play. And then Watkins to Salah for two points. So just now I'm operating on an average of 4.4. That's not me saying that the value of a transfer is 4.4. I'll measure it to the point that I had said earlier on. But I'll do a weekly update on this on the pod. Um, I won't talk about it as much detail as there because I won't talk about the mechanics of what I'm measuring. I'll just talk about the values and, and any moves and then people will be able to see moves that I've made retrospectively there as well. And then hoping at the end of the season that we could do a, a deep dive into my transfer history from that point and then see if we can draw conclusions and, and learnings for it for next season. You have been unfortunate, you know, you know, with a couple of things there. I know the the four point four is low, but obviously, if Stones got injured, it would be, it would be a higher average because um, you would have made that yeah. that that extra transfer. And also, it's pretty, it's pretty rare that a player bringing for a captaincy a game earlier blanks in both games as well. I think that that is quite even just one one goal, even one assist would have. You know, would have upped that and made it a really, you know, a really good transfer. So if that was Rodrigo, for example, um, it would have been you know, the average. Seven. Yeah, exactly. So, but no, it, it's it's really interesting, Paul. I'm sure you know we always get the question, don't we, about the value of a transfer? I'm sure that people also, you know, really like to track 
how like when and how you use your you know your transfer as well even if it is in retrospect so no it's um it's really interesting interesting stuff and that leads on quite nicely to the average transfers remaining uh so this was i think it was friday uh sky posted this so the average for the top 5000 teams uh 22 for the top 1000 teams 19.8 the top 115.7 and the top 10 12.3 um it's probably fair to say that people have probably used at least one more uh over the weekend with the whole you know uh maybe bringing rashford back maybe bringing Salah back, maybe bring in a Newcastle player, bring in a Chelsea player, whatever it is. So, I'm, I'm a data guy, right? And I uh, most of what I talk about here is like using some element of data, a lot of which um, the the fantastic FF stuff provides us yeah. with, and, and yeah. all those charts and tracking stuff in there before. But I am a bit skeptical, not skeptical of FF stuffs, <laughs> but skeptical of uh, Sky Sports Fantasy Football. So. Unless I'm wrong, and I, I admit that I only looked at it briefly on Friday, so um, I, I could be wrong. And I was looking at screenshots on my phone that I'd taken of stuff. The top 100 and the top 1,000 didn't change week on week to the decimal point. And I'm just not sure it's not a, cut, cut, a copy and paste uh, mistake by them. As I say, I am overly sceptical based on some of the stuff they've done historically and their timing, like Sky Sports Fantasy on their um, timings on things. But I wouldn't surprise me if those figures in the middle there were wrong and that they were worse off. Would you expect them to be home. lower again? Well, it's not that I had an expectation that they'd be lower yeah, than honestly. Just, just not the same. It's the fact that a top 100 was 15.7 the week before. I, and again, okay. I've looked at the wrong screenshot on this. Apologies and, uh, and sorry for, for firing off tough information. <laughs> But then the top thousand nineteen point eight as well, and it just feels to me that it's more like more than a coincidence. But I, I could well be wrong though. Looking at the profile of that top one thousand, which is probably where all you know all of us are aiming for, right? You know, you know, somewhere between the hundred and a thousand. It it does. It sounds low. It sounds low to me because even if I'm thinking of in that top one hundred, right? So in the top one hundred. Even if you double that average, so that's saying that 50 managers have got like, you know, okay, let's say 30 managers have got none left. I find that hard to believe. Imagine <laughs> imagine it was like someone had hard-coded some SQL cal- like calculations behind the scenes, right? And it was hard-coded that it was 40 transfers that it was counting from and it was doing the... Oh, wow. Can you imagine? There was an extra, I, 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 an extra 10 on I am not... I I'm not suggesting that that is that, that is the case here. Exclusive. But... Paul says they uh, right. add ten onto onto the whole count. I I just find them really low, and I suppose looking at this gives gives me hope that you know I've when we're on thirty five, I think that uh, you know actually got a pr- a pretty good shout of uh, a really really good finish. You know, well well anyone who's got over. 25 there i suppose couldn't can look at them and go yeah it's good and i think like i i certainly think the drops and transfers were accurate because well we saw what the ownership stats were and you could almost piece together on the popular moves the the, the volumes used there so if the effective ownership of a newcastle player was 1.5 and then after the game which we've tracked a little bit this season was up to three because it was a good opportunity to jump on then you know that the average in top thousand is usually 
using roughly 1.5 over that period as well. So I think, yeah, I think I've also got a theory about something oh. else, by the way, as well, stats wise. Go on, then. So, flipping it. Remember last, last season, the ownership of every player in the top thousand was at least 0. 0.1. Mm. Right? So, there was no zeros. Now, there is zeros this season, but I'm not having it that some of the players that have got 0. 0.1 ownership are, are owned in the game. And I think there's something weird with that as well that that player's maybe been owned at some point in time and that the ticker won't allow it to go oh, down okay, to zero okay. or something like that. Again, skip, being a skeptic. Working, uh, in, working in data, you're a data man in you, Paul. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know about all yeah. these things that, that can go wrong. Um, I think what's interesting as well, so I've got, I've got, I've got a, well, I've got one point, I've got one question for you. Um, yeah. I do think, uh, Hang on, what was the point? What was the point? The point was about the overhaul. So the fact that now we don't have a second overhaul, I think, means that I do wonder if, like, normally you see these uh, these averages massively increase. I still think they will increase, and I still think will. But I do wonder, because teams are now transitioning almost weekly towards a different different team, and we're not transitioning towards dead ending towards the overhaul, and then everyone's team yeah. is the same, and then we kind of move off again with only a third of the season left. I do think that we're going to see them go up, but maybe not as much as we think. I suppose that's that's my point. I suppose my question for you is, with the change in overhaul and the fact we've got 50 transfers, with these average numbers, do you think that people have looked at this season differently and been... So they looked at the extra ten transfers and been been overly aggressive with transfers, or do you just think it's a symptom, regardless of whether we would have had the extra ten? Because we're not even halfway through the season, and these averages are very, you know, very low. Yeah, I do definitely think that there's a mentality shift with the extra transfers, and uh, and therefore more freely using them. I don't know if that's an evolving base of players in Sky as well. It seems to be that waves of players that play FPL and I, I'm just going by interactions on on Twitter and such like that it feels like every season there's a new way. Like, no, very few people play the Sky game and disapprove of it publicly. I think it's more the opposite way. Oh, you can use a bit of it. You can use a bit of analysis. I like this, the tiering point system. All the good things that, that, yeah. that we like about the game yeah. and, and, and why we love the game. Um, and I think that maybe the increase in, in players that just play FPL are, are moving across. And then that concept of trying to manage an, like a, a year's worth of transfers when you play a game that you are forced to use a transfer or roll one, but you're kind of forced to use a transfer on a game-by-game -game basis. Potentially plays in it, but I guess the same argument could have been made for last season and the season before as well. So it does feel that the last two or three years that whilst overall Sky numbers have been down, it feels like a lot of that FPL communities um, coming across, especially as FPL gets harder with more content creators out there. Mm. I think people are, I found the Sky game a nice kind of peaceful area to, to move into. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm speculating. No, those, no, would be the, those would be the two things. I think you're right. I think giving 10 extra transfers give people license to, to burn through them more 
and maybe like instead of actually looking at them as like an advantage. Uh, things haven't been know. things haven't been easy in Sky this year, no, in that things that look like good plans haven't come off, yeah. and people's initial reactions would to is to react to try and sort that. Yeah. And how do you sort that in this game? You use more transfers. Maybe again, that that could be part of it. I was I was thinking because since the overhaul in the popular moves, you know, obviously some people will have made very, very good moves. We had a comment earlier. Uh, Wing L says, went with Bailey captain on Friday, for example. Uh, you know, that that's a really brilliant move, which will have shot you up the ranks. But a lot more, a lot of the more popular moves and a lot of, lots of popular players, whereas they seem to be doing really well in the first half of the season, suddenly it's quite, unless you've gone with a Newcastle block, for example, can't really think of a lot more that have actually really kicked on and done very well, uh, you know. Fr- from, you know, you know, obviously we've had players like Solly March, for example, right? Who you know, who will have low ownership uh, of of the highly owned players. And as you say, it's uh, it's how the mind works now. Is it right? I need to dig myself out of this immediately. I need to sort this out, or is it right? This this is part of the game. This is th- this is the hard part of the discipline of the game. Is just to see the plan through and then move on when it's the right time. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice balance, isn't it? Because it's a, it's a fine balance, rather, when you're choosing it. Because are you correcting a mistake yeah, immediately? Exactly. Or are you being reactionary to yeah. what you've got? And I think that, whilst I don't think that bringing in Stones was a mistake for me because I can't, couldn't foresee his injury, albeit he has got a level of injury proneness about him. So maybe, maybe, like that probably did factor into my decision-making on bringing him in in the first place. Um, and for me, the pros outweighed the cons, but um, that's why I just wanted to take that decision out of my hand. And then instead of moving to a city defender from Stones when I'd seen that he wasn't playing, I just moved him on to Rodri. And I was like, right, I, I, I know that I can't be reactionary. But, like, he could get sent off or he could get injured as well. I can't predict that. But the expectation is that he, he's got a good injury record, he's, um, he plays every game, and therefore, it puts it out of my mind to be reactionary to move Rodri on, then use another transfer. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's have a quick look at the fixtures uh, for the next week. Firstly, this week, Wednesday, Palace versus Man United. So this was thrust in. Uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. Uh, Palace versus Man United. You'd imagine Rashford would be very, very popular. There was some chat in our WhatsApp groups about potentially bringing in some more United players um, due to their form and fixtures. What are you thinking? The only Man United players that really interest me are Rashford, obviously, Shaw and De Gea. Um, as I'm sitting on Pope just now, I don't think it's a sensible move to come off Pope, um, at least for the next three games. And then, then I'm going to look to, to move him on, maybe even to De Gea, maybe to Ramsdale at that point in time, um, and, and Shaw. But I, there's no players in my team that I desperately want to get rid of. And if there's no reason to get rid of them, like people were talking about Almiron recently, but he's still got three good fixtures in which he could return in. I just don't... Um, if you've got somebody you want rid of, I think it would be a good move to move to Shaw, like any outfield position to move to Shaw. If you've got a goalkeeper you want rid of, I think moving to De Gea is sensible. If I owned Pope and or didn't have any players I want to get rid of, that, which is the position I'm in, then I probably wouldn't do anything. 
I just think as well, though, you know, away to Palace at the moment is obviously a very attractive fixture. They're there on away to Arsenal, which is going to be a tough old game, right? I don't, you know, I, I personally can't see the way Arsenal are playing. Like, Man United are playing well, right? But Arsenal at the moment, for me, are playing on a different level to anyone else in the league. Um, in that time, Man City play twice. They've got, they've got Spurs and Wolves. There's, um, there's only really Liverpool and Everton that play once in that period. I personally, like, don't get me wrong, you know, if Shaw got a nine point or ten point, you wouldn't be surprised. Same for De Gea, but you wouldn't also be massively surprised if over the two games Edison got clean sheets or whatever against Spurs and Wolves. So I, I personally don't think it's the right time to go in this this week on them, um, unless maybe you, you know, you get rid of a Liverpool player. Even though you are going, you know, if it's Salah, you are probably going to want him for captaincy. I'm guessing on. Saturday, uh, he's probably going to be their most highly owned option. And in a couple of weeks' time, Monday the thirteenth of February, when they have the single game day against Everton. So I, I'm not as as bullish as everyone else is on on it. And it's and it's purely because the three for one doesn't really happen until the Arsenal away game, where you're not probably not going to bring in my United players. So uh, and you're nodding, Paul. So I am making a bit of a bit of sense. Um, Thursday 19th, Man City and Spurs, probably an easy one. Probably Haaland captain. It's just so hard. It's just so so hard to look away from him. Um, yeah, and probably so Man City do go on a pretty decent run on on Thursday. Um they got they got Spurs twice, um, and then Wolves and then Villa after that. So it's a pretty good run. And 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 they also go on a bit of a run of a a six for six for three over a lot of teams. Um, over teams like Let, well, they got six three over Leicester. They've got a six for three over Man United. So this is, I mean, about, you know, about being careful around getting rid of nailed City players. They got Spurs, Wolves, Spurs, then Villa, Arsenal away to Forest before they have a little bit of a break then. But it's a pretty good run there. So I'd, I'd be nervous about getting rid because they do have more fixtures than anyone else. Um, Anything to add there, Paul, on any of those? Uh, I, I mean, I'm expecting to drop quite a bit over the next week or so. Um, I've only got two City assets, one Man United asset and Kane for those two games, whereas I think the effective ownership will be quite a bit higher than that. Yeah. And I, I've mentioned before, I don't th- like, I don't, it's not that I think that De Bruyne is a bad player at all. I just think that, and, and in a season where value doesn't really matter in Sky, um, like maybe there's a bit of um, hypocrisy in what I'm saying, but his ownership is 45%. So there is a fear factor that he could go off on one. And even though he's not going to be highly captained because um, Haaland is, I, I expect to drop based on his ownership alone um, over the next few games. And I'm not planning on making any transfers in that period of time. So I'm not getting any fixture gains from existing players as well. But again, I see opportunities further down the line with, like a block move to ever to keep saying Everton instead of Arsenal for some weird reason. Um, a block move to um, Arsenal defence potentially. Maybe maybe when their fixtures ease up, they they form part of this middle of that Venn diagram where you're yeah. getting um, bonus and uh, clean sheet potential from from those assets. Um, I think I'd just rather use my transfers at that point in time. I'm not I'm not reserving them because. I don't think this is a good opportunity because it probably is. Like, and I could get to De Bruyne on one transfer only. I just think, yeah, I'd, I'd rather use it elsewhere and, and perhaps not. There's nobody really that I want to take out. I'll reiterate that point as well. That's that's the important thing, right? Is this you can look at 
what's in front of you. But again, I'm the same. I'm I'm probably doing Cancelo to Rashford tomorrow. Uh, there's a few factors that are going in there. You know, obviously for the Rashford captaincy, I don't want to miss out on that for sure. But I'm looking at my other nine players, and I don't really want you know. I don't want to get rid of them at the moment because I've brought them in for a reason for these this yeah. upcoming two or three weeks. And then, you know, as you mentioned earlier, there will be a bit of a sea change, I think. But it's very easy to go, oh, I'll shift on Almiron or, or you know, or, or kind of whoever, Almiron to shore when Almiron goes Crystal Palace, West Ham and Bournemouth, um, you know, in, you know, in, in, uh, in, in the, in the same time that United have got three games, which includes an away to Arsenal game. So you, you can't expect too much more from there. Um, and the weekend's fixtures. We do have an FA Cup break uh, after this, which I kind of clean forgot about. I got to be honest, but so these these are the final days um, until the FA Cup break. So on Saturday, Liverpool and Chelsea. We will see the team sheets for that one. Tough day for captaincy, I think this one, Paul. Uh, West Ham against Everton, Southampton, Villa, Leicester, Brighton, Bournemouth, Forest, Palace, and Newcastle. A couple of fixtures jump out there to me. Maybe a good time to jump on Brighton. I've been looking at their. Brighton play on a Saturday, I think, for the next few days. There's no natural jump on points. It's quite tough, but we mentioned March earlier. Obviously, McAllister, maybe Lewis Dunk, uh, maybe Mitoma. Some amazing value there, but it's quite tough when uh, you don't get the extra fixtures. Um, and Liverpool and Chelsea, uh, probably Salah, I'm guessing, will be the most popular captain given, uh, you know, I know Chelsea kept a clean sheet yesterday, but Kepa made, was it five or six saves? They just look all over the shop, don't they? So, Yeah, and I don't love it. But at the same time, I'd de-risking by Captain Salah as well. And that's the way I tend to play the game. So I, I don't have any concerns, really. That was part of the reason for bringing Salah last weekend when I did as well. So it was to make sure I was lined up for this with, with an extra fixture game. But look, there is an argument, obviously, for Captain and a Newcastle defender or Pope. But Newcastle were, like, the Newcastle assets should, if, if you look at XG... Newcastle assets should have come away with nothing at the weekend there. No bonus. Well, they didn't get bonus anyway. And if the penalty had went in, which it's got an XG of, what, 0.8, bookmakers had it slightly favourite that Newcastle conceded. I just think with the ceiling of points, and I still think it's hard to predict clean sheets, even though you can use the outcome of Newcastle over the last four or five weeks and say, well, it is easy to predict the, the, because they've got the best defence, which is true. But for me, for the fact that you could just you can quickly lose it, um, and the ceiling isn't massively high on the defenders, even Trippier, who generates all these big chances created, or um, as soon as someone on his own team touches the ball from him across it, like taking a corner, it helps in, in other games like Dream Team and in FPL in particular. But uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm just Captain Salah. I've got two Newcastle. I've got Newcastle keeper and def- like one defender, so uh, I'm covered EO by effective ownership. Yeah, exactly. And on Sunday, uh, we get to see the Man City lineup once again. Man City Wolves, Leeds and Brentford, and Arsenal and Man United. Uh, very, very likely going to be Haaland, I'm guessing again, if not for the his 99.8% ownership or whatever it is. Nothing much doing there. And then Monday, the final day, Fulham against Spurs. I think Harry Kane's ownership is still quite decent. A uh, lot will have Polina. Uh, some still hold on to Mitrovic. Uh, so fairly, fairly simple to kind of navigate, I suppose. I think, I think the key decisions are this week, whether you go in on My United or even up your Man City coverage. Or, or, or well, it's, it, and 
just with the added element of the FA Cup coming the week after and, and two weeks. Like if we look at this weekend past there, Stones was missing when the expectation is that he would play. There was somebody else that was missing, Nunes, um, like missing from big teams from expected lineups. And this can obviously trade in injuries and volume games and then cup games, etc. can hinder as well. So it's just for me why and the fact that I've got a team that I don't want to get rid of players from. If I take all three of those bits of information into consideration, even if a player had a small niggle and missed this weekend's games, I think unless it's somebody I'm desperate to get in and and they were for the chopping block, perhaps in the next in the next run, um, I think I'd possibly just hold as well. It's probably just worth mentioning, just for those who are thinking of taking out plays, that the first day back, Friday the 3rd of February, is uh, Chelsea at home to Fulham. So hold on to Kepa, for an example, which I am. Uh, you know, it might be easy to think, oh, I'll, ju- I'll, you know, I'll jump off him. But by the time that game rolls around, he will have as many games played as everyone else. So, you know, if you're holding on, um, I, think, I think after that, maybe, even though they have West Ham a few, you know, um, the week after, then after that, maybe a time to look. But, um, but yeah, good stuff. Um, we've had so many questions in today, Paul. It's like, I think you said it's like over 30, absolutely crazy. So we'll we'll try and get through as much as we can. Hopefully we've answered most of them already, but let's try and get through them with some maybe, you know, short, short, sharp answers. Um, Ollie Poole, yeah. uh, who would be your five midfield picks of choice at the moment? Um, so if you had to pick now this minute, Paul, who would be your, who would be your five? Okay, I, I don't have an Arsenal player, and I'd have an Arsenal player in there, yeah. not because of the short-term fixtures, but the fact that it saves me a transfer down Odegaard. the line. So, if we go, go with Odegaard, Polina definitely in there. Rashford. Uh, Rashford definitely in there. I still think, you know, with the ownership and the fact that two upcoming captaincy days he's going to be massively yeah. owned, I'd still have Salah on that. I don't think he is playing particularly well, but just for that reason um, alone, I'd have him there. I probably wouldn't have Almiron I think um, yeah. Rodri or yeah. McAllister from other place. Um, yeah, sure. Maybe Rodri just on the volume of fixtures and the fact that I don't think I'd captain a Brighton player. If that wasn't the case, then I'd maybe have McAllister in that spot. And adding on to that, Ian Parrin, uh, what is Paul's optimal team he is aiming towards? You've just given you five midfielders, assuming Haaland and Kane up front. Yeah, and certainly I wouldn't... At, right at this moment in time, I'd have Trippier and Pope, but... In three weeks' time, I'd, I might even get rid of Trippier. And I'm not, I know that effective ownership, I, like, I play the effective ownership game a lot in Sky, but I, I'm really going to try and make an attempt to win it this year rather than an attempt to win uh, wow. many leagues that I play in, wow. I think, which I, I think that I could move all to a block defence like Arsenal yeah. or something like that coming yeah. up. So right at this moment in time, I would have Trippier for effective ownership next three games and, and Pope as well. But I'd, def- I'd have like Gabriel and Ramsdale maybe in those places. Saliba and Thiago Silva or or Shaw maybe in the, in the last spot. Emery, uh, one of Cancelo or Ake to make way for Rashford on Wednesday. Which one? I would say has to be Cancelo personally. Uh I think I think Ake has probably a bit more expected mins. He's cheaper as well, three million cheaper, more nail for passing. I can't see an argument and, and, otherwise. And you're doing that, and you're doing that move as well, right? So that's so so you're nailing like like that's one hundred percent what you're doing. So there, I have to, I have to because there's no other player 
I want to get rid of. Well, I'm looking at my team, and and there's no way I'm getting rid of uh, Trippier, Silva, Shah, Polina, Almiron, Rodri, Salah, Haaland, or Kane. So yeah. he's the he's the natural one. But if I had Ake, I'd still be happy holding Ake. I really would. Um, he he made me one could be good to bring in on Thursday if you know if you've got a bit of a problem or if someone gets injured or kind of whatever it is. We we're still not 100 percent sure that Rashford will. Um, will be fit on Tuesday. We're not we're not hundred percent sure because he did definitely have a knock. I think he will play, but he may not. So it's it's just worth you know um, taking it. But Ake in on Thursday, I don't if, think it's the if, worst if move. Rashford didn't, if Rashford didn't play, what would you do? That is a very very good question, um, and one I'm not prepared for. <laughs> uh, but I would probably move Cancelo to. A defender because I don't think Cancelo plays consecutive games, so it will effectively be a three for one. I if you're picking a defender, it has to be short, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. So, we would, well, with the captaincy, it would be a four for one, um, and then look to daisy chain off, then I think, but yeah. Uh, Colin Johnston says, Kepper to Pope, I wouldn't be doing that, um, in the short term, anyway, you, you may want to do it after Friday the 3rd, but in the short term, Chelsea play twice to Newcastle's one. So I certainly w- wouldn't be doing that in the short term. I'd say what's, I'd say what's pop ceiling, but uh, <laughs> the fact that he gets phantom penalty saves. No, I, I, I had looked at that question earlier on and thought exactly the same and had a look at, mapped out the fixtures that, like, if you still want to do it after the next game, but then Newcastle only have two good games after that and then they're going to miss a game because of the uh, again I'm predicting them to beat Southampton in the League Cup semi-finals yeah. and therefore yeah. when they play the final they'll miss a game there as well which game is that one uh, they miss Paul is it the Brighton game it is Saturday the 25th it's FPL game week 25 um, so we'll have a look at that because that's, that's quite interesting I, I could tell you I could tell you from that I've got the it's away to Newcastle now. Uh, they are home. It's the one they're home to Brighton. Yeah, sorry, away to home to Brighton, home home to Brighton. Which is where are they? Their fixtures. Yeah. So if they miss that after Bournemouth, they go home to Liverpool, away to Man City. Would be their next two with the gap in between. That's just not pretty. So yeah, I I agree with you. I think they win. I think they win that. So they'll play the final. So hopping off but, after that Bournemouth game, you you know you walk straight into um, a Man City. Four for one over Newcastle. Just, just as an example, you walk straight into a Liverpool three for one, straight into an Arsenal three for one over over Newcastle. So this, this was your point one about bringing them in. I think I, I personally think so. I brought in Shah this weekend just because I couldn't bear the thought of yet another Newcastle run of clean sheets. But I do think this was the last time. That was the last time to bring them in personally. I think I think now you you do well to get profit on a transfer. So. I don't massively hate that, like the move that you did. And the reason for that is that if you're getting rid of a player, like think of that as a daisy chain. You're getting rid of a player that you potentially don't want. Exactly. You bring in Shar and then you move Shar on. I'll be moving on to Saliba, for example. Yeah. 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 Uh, he also asks, bring in Brighton assets, McAllister, Matoma and March. Again, probably, so Brighton's fixtures are are good. It's just they, they play every Saturday for one. So there's no exact hop on point and again it's who who do you take out it's it's really tough but their fixes are very good away to Leicester home to Bournemouth to Palace home to Fulham 
then uh, that Newcastle game will be postponed probably. So they do need to bear that in mind, actually. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, eh? Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking exactly the same. I was like, I often look like, say, like if I create a, a, an overhaul, like not over, yeah, if I create a phantom overhaul team, what does it look like? How do I get there? How do I make moves? Like, I'm, I'm not against making a move from a player that plays that day, that plays the same day as Brighton, like with no fixture gain, if, if needs must. My rationale behind it all is that I probably won't captain a Brighton player in the short term either, mm. and because there's nobody I want to get rid of. I'm I'm going to wait until I pick up an injury, exactly. or I need a captaincy from Brighton, and then I've got more information by that point. Yes, I might have lost out on some points whilst whilst I'm waiting there, but I get a bit more information. Like maybe they, they do a formation change in that in that time, or um, they've got a, a few injuries and the team don't look as as solid, and then. Like doing it from there, so I do think it's an opportunity. Like, you know, when people say, "Oh, there's never any way to make gains." Do you know if you do fancy Brighton and and you want to just go rogue? What's you know what's the harm in just in going in on them early, right? Okay, this the 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 kind of reason I won't do it in the short term is because they play the same day as Almron, who would be a natural replacement, or the same day as. Rodri or kind of whatever it is, but so and I think that over the three games they will probably even out, so it's not worth a transfer. But if you truly believe Brighton are going to keep on going and keep on going, and you want, you know, if you're really struggling, why not go for it as a, you know, get ahead of the curve? So, it's an interesting point, that, like, and that has been said quite a lot. Like, how how do you make the gains and stuff like that? Um, someone referenced the point that they think that I'm the only person that's gained rank since since Overhaul <laughs> as well. Right. <laughs> um, and I, 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 like I, I've mentioned this a few times before, so apologies for those that that have heard this, and I'm maybe repeating myself. Um, but where where I try to find the edge is different to necessarily looking at a specific player. We are trying to gain the edge is being able to reformulate a plan pretty quickly on a team sheet or news coming out just before deadline. Um, I probably sit for too long looking at fixtures and I probably sit for too long thinking about what my sky next three moves are and the dates I'm going to move it. But what where I do think that maybe I, I can gain my own edge because I'll come on I'll come on this podcast and I'll speak very, very truthfully, very openly about what my rough transfer plans are, about my current team. Um, and I'll try and put myself in people's positions when they're asking questions about what I would do in, in certain scenarios. So it's given away a lot of my thoughts and a lot of information um, and in, in reference a lot of stats as well. But being able to reformulate a plan within that hour before the kickoff, which I've done quite a few times, and uh, and put things in place. Like when Stones didn't appear on Saturday, what was my plan? Bring, like, okay, I don't want to make a decision on that spot that I'm moving again, bring in Rodri. I'm moving to 3-5-2. Is that going to affect me? 3-5-2 is very inflexible um, because you have to move a midfielder out if you're if you're making any transfers. Does that scupper any plans I've got? Does that affect budget? Rodri's more expensive than Stones. So um, I do think there is ways. People just need to find their own edge. And it's not it's not always about a player, but it's all it might be about taking a gamble. Like I'd mentioned about Newcastle there. Like in three weeks. Newcastle's fixture stiffen, but 
is everyone is anyone going to take the risk and come off Newcastle? It might be that they come into that first game and they concede three goals against City, and everyone's like, right, okay, or Liverpool, and they've got City next, and they're like, all right, now it's time to move on. But if you've moved one step ahead and you've moved to a mini block the week before, perhaps to Everton, and they keep a clean sheet, we've thrown in with some some passing tears. There's there's another another way. Just my advice would always be have a plan, but if possible. Um, have some time before kickoff times to, to research it, which isn't easy for everybody. I know, I know you've got a very, very nice um, uh, arrangement with your uh, lovely <laughs> girlfriend, Avenue, where for the hour yeah. before kickoff uh, is, is Paul's time, and that's about it, isn't it? Fantastic. And she knows I can't multitask as well, so there's no point in asking anything when I'm thinking. Uh, Paul, that's Sky Player in FPL. Congratulations on the top 100 rank, Paul. Do you have the belief that you can go and win it? You've already answered that. You do. Do I think I will win it? No. Do I think I can win it? Yes. Why don't you think you can no. win it? No. Uh, no. I think I can win it. Yeah, of course you can. Exactly. Because yeah. you're going Do for I think it. I will? Do I think I will? No. Why I'm not? not? I'm, quite modest. I'm quite modest in it. Because there's a lot of very good managers that aren't massively behind me in experienced managers. And I'm not I'm not pitting myself against one. one I'm not pitting myself one versus one on any of these, no. these people. And someone c- could come and win it. Um Without, without being an experienced manager as well. Um, I just think that the volume of engaged and very good players is very concentrated in Sky and is high. And you need a large element of luck, of which I'm carrying quite a bit just now. I would need that I, I would need that to continue. But do I think I can? Yeah, I think I'm in a great position. If you told me at the start of the season, I am where I am. And maybe throwing caution to the wind might help me this year because I'm not playing I'm playing in very few I'm playing in very few leagues. So I would be more inclined to take some calculated risks where in previous seasons I'd be messaging Dan, go and put up a captaincy poll, put up another captaincy poll for me. I'm just picking whoever's taught every time. But um, yeah, this season I might, I, I, I am, I haven't played different to the way I normally play to yet, as yet, but I think that I could if I thought that was still my chance of winning it with like maybe like a couple of months to go. Uh, Simon Bulldock uh, says great stuff as always no questions just thanks for your time for making the pod thank you so much Simon uh, for reasons unknown I have zero Arsenal best one or two to get no budget formation restrictions I'm going to go for Salibre and Odegaard at the moment but as you say there's there's an argument right to to go for four or five the, you know those three mids two or three defenders maybe even the keeper um, at some point, when you you know when you have that pile on, and uh, Lee Giles asks, how many budget enablers should we have? Palinia, McAllister, Salaber, etc. All the great options. Um, I would say Palinia and Salaber probably enough because especially if you're going for those other Arsenal players, um, do you think that's enough, Paul? Two. Like at present, yeah. If, like when when their fixture volumes come in, they'll play that week um, because them and their opponents still aren't in the league cup. So I think that they're guaranteed to play that week as well. So I do think getting on Arsenal players at that point in time is uh, is a priority for me. Anyway, um, the bank of players we've mentioned them before. Bank of players I'm looking at is Ramsdale, Saliba, Gabriel, and then those three attacking midfielders. I'm not saying I'll I'll go for them all. Um, but I've already owned one and I'd probably be looking to add at least two, maybe three, maybe even four in that period of time. I feel f- at present. I feel Foxy looking to move Cancelo on. I can get to any player in the game. Who would you prioritise? Sure, Dunk, McAllister, Salah, second Newcastle defender or other. I would go for Salah or that lot just based on the two up, up, 
two pending captaincies. Would you think? Just to, like yeah, to protect myself at this point in time, I think that I would. And it, Salah's still got an upside, like a massive ceiling. Ben Sky FF, it's time to get rid of Almiron. We think we talked about this. I think, you know, up until Saturday the 11th, Newcastle have got Palace, West Ham, and Bournemouth. Um, there's only one team, I believe. There's only, no, there's two teams. So Spurs and City have got four games in that time. Um, but, you, you know, you're probably not going to move off Almiron to one of their players, I would guess. And, they're good fixtures. I just think it's for, it's just forcing it a little bit, maybe. You know, he's an easy move Agreed. to an Arsenal defender. Or Agreed. And at the end of that run, you said Saturday the 11th of February, so they played Bournemouth that game. Look at the look at the teams that you get the extra fixture off by moving off, just as Newcastle's fixture. Exactly. You go, you go straight into a run of Man City, we'll have a four. Man United, City. Man, Man United City, Liverpool got a single game day against Arsenal, so maybe you don't have Salah, and maybe that's the time that you bring them in. And then Arsenal's and then Arsenal City play again. So moving to a City player. You get a four um, for one. Or 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 you move to Arsenal because you know that Arsenal's on a good run there and then they'll they'll maintain that fixture in that midweek. As do Man City as well. Um, I'm sure after Southampton knocked them out the, the League Cup that they'll play on that um, blank game week as well. Yeah, you get four four months you get home to Villa, away to Arsenal, away to Forest, away to Bournemouth. And assuming Newcastle make the Carabao final, Newcastle's only game will be Liverpool. That's a pretty good time to to hop around Darren S uh, with zero Newcastle fans it's best to hold off now until the end of February uh, please will there be any more nip and a half pods coming soon they will Darren we have recorded we have recorded this evening actually before this so uh, we'll have that out um, pro- either later this evening or tomorrow for you we'll tr- try and do them every week but uh, obviously real life gets in the way at times um, yeah I'd, I I personally think if you've got excessive transfers a big excess of transfers. Still getting a Newcastle defender in is not it's not the worst idea, but only if you've got like an injury or something, just to try and cover yourself a little bit stem until the stem the flow. Stem the flow until until the end of February. But I think if you're I think if you've got like under thirty, I, I wouldn't be using one because you're bound to have players in for a reason. Like, you know, your your Chelsea defenders or your whoever else you you know you've got in place. So do you agree with that, Paul? Or? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. If I if I had one Newcastle defender, I'd I'd say for the next three games, just hope that they'll they can suck it up. One. Yeah, and, and you know, like mentioned before, their ceiling's not high, but um, it is it is painful. If you didn't have any, if you didn't have any yeah, it'd be pretty difficult. Yeah, especially when like Chelsea are not performing well and they're away to Liverpool next, for example. And, um, yeah. Uh, have, a look, have, a look, have a look at what you're doing long term see if you can yeah. do the daisy chain move or bring them in for the, the least valuable asset and then um, with a view of probably moving off on the 17th to hold off on the player that you were going to get in and then make it from one of the teams that you top off Newcastle onto would be my rough plan maybe Jason H, congratulations on top 100, Paul. Uh, if you still own Salah, are there any decent alternatives and what time to think about bringing them in? Um, I would I would definitely be holding him until uh, a minimum of Monday the 13th of February. 
likely, uh, I wouldn't say he's the best captain, but he'll be the highly owned, highest owned captain this coming Saturday. And I would guess he'd probably be definitely the highest owned captain on Monday the 13th of February. Um, I think after that, away to Newcastle, etc., etc., probably look to maybe move on if you want if if Liverpool haven't turned it around but I wouldn't be getting rid of him at the moment because by trying to be too intricate and trying to make gains you could actually just fall further behind the pack if the replacement doesn't do it so if, if Liverpool and Man City's defence was doing really well and that's where budget was getting used then I think there would maybe be more of an argument for suggesting he's dispensable but yeah. for the fact that at present, in terms of value, he's just another player that sits 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 in our team just now. And um, whilst he isn't performing at what you'd expect from whatever price he is, eleven point eight or something like that, then uh, yeah, I'm, I I own and I'm I'm not looking to get rid of him. Currently, I have Kepa. Uh, two plans to transfer him to Edison on Sunday, twenty second of January, um, or the fifth of Feb. Would you do this? Was a quick, this was a question that I was looking at, not the one that I suggested that okay. I was looking at that you highlighted earlier on. Um, it, it definitely makes sense in isolation. You're, you're playing Man City versus Wolves or Chelsea versus Fulham for an extra bit of information, and things might happen over that point of time where you realize that you need the money, um, for something else, or you decide you want to move on to a different keeper. So, I would definitely hold off. Um, until after that break when February comes and then make yeah. a decision then. And that's also a, a true, like a three for one then as well, the way the fixtures fall over Chelsea. Uh, whereas up until then, it's just a, it's just a one for one really, isn't it? So. Well, I, I'm, I'm not convinced I wouldn't move to, if I held Kepa, mm. what I would do is play him against Liverpool, play him against Fulham, whether you're a captain or not captain or not, and move him on to Ramsdale on Saturday the 4th of February. I, uh, I know that wasn't the question, yeah. but if I owned Kepa, that's what I'd do. Uh, Trader 12, what point in the season would you recommend giving up and deleting the app? That's not not, not the best question. Sorry, Trader, if you 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 know if you, if you feel like that. I would just, you know, if it's not gone your way, just maybe try a, a few different things to look forward to. You know, if you, if you are actually thinking of giving up, don't just stop playing, just try and have a bit of fun to try and go on some you know, some block earlier, you know, as Paul says, go on the Arsenal block early, for example, or something, and just, I just, just try something a bit different. Don't, don't just, you know, just stop playing for reasons unknown. Salah discuss. I think we probably touched on this. Would you agree, Paul? We're just holding on to Salah until that point, until the Everton game, and yeah, then reassessing. I, I don't think of him as a twelve million pound asset in the game. I think of it like because of the fact that we've got a considerable amount of budget based on Newcastle defenders and. Saliba and Polina and McAllister, um, Rodrigo and, and players like that that's sitting on our teams just now. It do- doesn't matter that he's eating up a lot of budget for me because I don't know where I'd use the budget elsewhere. If that wasn't the case, then it would be more of a discussion point for me. I'm going to hold on. I think he'll be the highest owned captain in a couple of the next two of the next few game weeks. Only only um, 67.2% owned. It's lower than I thought he was. I thought he would have been in between 70 and 80, but... He was up near 80 on Saturday, and I think there's a case of people just ditching him on Sunday. Rashford's gone up to 91.5. Wow. Midfield. The fact he's wow. a midfielder. I know you only get the extra one point, but the fact he's a midfielder as well just makes it. Sky FF, Mr. Boring. Uh, 15 points to value of a transfer. Fact or fiction? 
Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you the end of the <laughs> season when I've uh, finished the analysis. Uh, Daz Quilani uh, can't seem to spend budget, which seems you're looking at for the next next uh, three or four weeks. I think generally our kind of summary has potentially been to probably hold hold a little bit with what we've got. Maybe I still think I I personally still think going in on Man City a little bit um, or a de- definitely holding Man City, especially your cheaper ones. Maybe not Cancelo, but. I still think Aki and Akanji and that have, have definitely got legs. They've got more fixtures. But then looking at that switch, that real switchover point at, um, in the middle of February over to, you know, Arsenal and Arsenal and others. Um, but yeah, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't worry about spending budget. If, if anything, it's great to have it in the bank because you can make a one, one move to, any, to, you know, to anyone in the game at any point. I, I was going to do a, I, I was gonna do a piece on player value um, and how uh, to structure your team based on value, and I've been putting it off because I don't, I don't think it's it's needed just now. No, just now you can have any team. You can you can have the can. easily have the team that scored the most points. So I, I felt it not worth um, not not worth doing it. I I might revisit that plan in the in the summer or towards the end of the season. MST nine eight six. Do we still believe in the Man City pylon, or is it time to start looking elsewhere for points, regardless of the extra games? Um, I would still hold personally. I say I wouldn't hold. Cancelo is probably the one, and, and potentially De Bruyne. Well, I well, no, I think I think I think you probably hold because he's going to play. But I definitely. I told, I told him. Yeah, I told him now. Like. Um... I've got no desire to bring him in, but if I already yeah. held, if I, were, I think I'm the same as you. I think if I'd held Cancelo and and I, I need to do something on Friday, on Wednesday, then I would use Cancelo to do that. If not, I think I'll just hold he's just him. Hold, he's got the fixtures. Home to Spurs, home to Wolves are two pretty good yeah, just, defensive fixtures at the moment. Until, you, until we've had this break, this get more it. information. I think, yes. Uh, a couple of more questions about Brighton off uh, David and John. I think we've, we've answered... Brighton ones probably still a bit of a wait and see just because no obvious hop on points no captaincy know who to take out uh, but maybe revisit in a couple of weeks uh, Andrew Lee asks an interesting question we've had a, a couple of questions about this in the chat as well about about not captaining Haaland um, when another team plays uh, last three game weeks he's been poor some serious ground could have been gained if he went a different captain um, I think thoughts that, on that? that yeah that that's true, and I have had a look at it. But then I look at the next run of fixtures. So single game, like for City, single game day against Spurs. So what's the alternatives? Like, I, 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 it's not just that Haaland's not been playing great. City haven't been playing great. So it's not like De Bruyne's like bringing home all these points. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or it's nil nils and they're banging in clean sheets. They're conceding nearly yeah, every game, right? Exactly. So in that Man City Spurs game, like, what's the alternative? Is Kane obviously? It Spurs can't can't defend, so um, for me, I would be going out without hand there. You move on to Sunday, and I know for you people have got Rodrigo, and uh, and he could do well at home at Brentford. But the alternative to the City game against Wolves is Arsenal Man United, which I expect to be a tough game, and I don't expect much passing bonus for defenders in there as well. So it doesn't strike me as a game where there's someone with a massively high ceiling, particularly because both teams are good defensively. Um, then. Moving out to Sunday the 8th of February, again, it's City Spurs, so same arguments get made there. I, again, Leeds play on that game today, but Nottingham Forest have tightened up at the back. 
I just, it's not like on any of these days. So the following weekend, Man United play Leeds. So maybe that would be, in my eyes, the first opportunity that I'd see to not captain Haaland if you're going to captain somebody that's got a really high ceiling like like Rashford. Um, so in the short term, I think I've given my reasons why. Yeah, it could be a nice differential, but if you don't do it and he does haul over those fixtures, then um, then it could, it could also work the opposite. I'm not saying that I'm going to continue captain Haaland all the way through the season, but for the arguments made there, I will be captain him in the next three times, safely. Yeah, I, I, you, know, you, you can't look past it. You know, if you if you think of what you expect the Spurs Man City result to be, if you were to put a bet on on a correct score, I don't know, I don't want you. I'd probably go three one. Um, Kane to score for Spurs and maybe Haaland to get two would be what I would bet on. What would yours be, Paul? Well, yeah, I think if you look at the bookies' odds, like Haaland's still, and maybe it's a protection thing rather than a predictive thing, but he's like the shortest play, like he's the shortest value player to ever like be priced for a Premier League game. I'm sure. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. Just, you know, not yet. Yeah, I, there, there's obviously an argument. Look, if he does blank and somebody does well, then you can use an outcome-based model to suggest that that was that was the case. I think that. I would rather take that risk a little bit further down the line when there's a good, like a really high ceiling player that's playing it that same day that you could you could put on, and I just don't feel it on the next three fixtures that that there is. Uh, Julian uh, asks around Man City and their form. I think you know we've got to be, you know, if you look at the fixtures, they've got uh, more fixtures than most and better fixtures certainly until the uh, you know. Twelfth uh, of February from Thursday, they've they've got four Spurs. have got four. Everyone else has either got three or two. Just got to hold them. Uh, Mark FF says, "Is it time to bring in Arsenal players early this weekend um, at home? At home to United, they have a seven for six for most teams until March. Um, I probably wait. Like every, every team, I, I I would personally wait." Um, until after the break, I just they, I'm, I'm just looking at the assets that you would take out on the Saturday. Yeah. So you look at Liverpool, and we've talked about them having a like a, like another captaincy coming yeah. up pretty close to after. Chelsea have the Friday night game, the following not not the following game week, but the game week after that, like when the fixtures resume. So I probably wouldn't want to take out a Chelsea player. West Ham, Everton, Southampton, Villa are all lowly owned players. We've talked about not taking out Brighton, like we've talked about getting in Brighton players as opposed to getting rid of them. Um, Bournemouth Forest, not highly owned players. Palace against Newcastle, Newcastle also got highly owned players, like, like maybe Alberon, but I still prefer waiting for those three fixtures and then and then making the move. Yeah, same. I, th- I think if Chelsea didn't have that Fulham game as well, or the first day back is like that extra game, maybe move on from Chelsea, but. Just don't see the I don't see the definite benefit or the high upside. Uh, you know, as I say, maybe maybe the one after you may want to move off Thiago Silva, for example, um, to Arsenal because over that period Arsenal have a three for one after that Fulham game, for example. So, so yeah, I think I think that's the one. Um, we'll try and get through the rest of the questions. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who sent them in. Uh, Dark Invader only got Trippier thinking of Edison to Pope. Uh, abs- well, I absolutely wouldn't be doing that. He's only got twenty-eight 
transfer that because everything we just talked about. Uh, I had, uh, Sky FF Wilson originally planned on doing Cancelo to Salah on Saturday, except that it would be before Cancelo plays. I wonder when to leave it and have to skip Liverpool Everton single game day. You'd also be skipping his captaincy on Saturday. If you're happy to do that, then that's up to you. Um, I just think Salah's the kind of player, as he's shown on multiple occasions, he can just suddenly suddenly turn up with a brace. You know, he's 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 world class. Liverpool are off form. He's off form. But I I, I certainly won't be doing that just because of those two captaincy days where he will be far and away the highest owned captain. Uh more talk about Man City from John Burt over Newcastle. You have to, have have to wait for Man City. Um, and lots about Man City. I think we've answered most of them actually. Um, should we move Salah on? Gigi Magpie asks to in the United City defender. He should be probably stay for the rest of the season now. I think. I thought somebody would bring him in yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't be moving him on. He's uh, he is. So important to everyone's team from a you know points perspective and, and, perspective. Now, and now he can't get suspended for the five yellows as well. That's right. I think. I sorry, I, I think uh, Saturday, the fourth of February, we're going to see a, a mass influx of Salabas in, which is only two games away or, or one game away for some players. So I would, I definitely just leave him in there. We managed to get through all the questions, Paul, which is quite some feats since we had we had plenty. So uh, you know, thank you so much, everyone, for sending in um, all those questions. Hopefully, it's been an absolutely massive episode, uh, a bumper episode, an hour and twenty. We haven't done one of those for a while, Paul, uh, but it's been really good fun and um, really good to chat through all this stuff and and hopefully, you know, help help ourselves kind of uh, get clarification and you know, kind of uh, summarize on how we're going to see out this next week or two before the FA Cup break, which gives us a chance to, you know, for all the double game weeks to fall in place, for the uh, Carabao Cup semis to be played out as well. So we get to know what's, what's going on there um, and then, you know, and and come back fresh after that Friday the 3rd onto Saturday the 4th and play, you know, play with, with real plans in place, you know, and, and, and know what's going on. So... Uh, thank you, everyone, for all the questions and you know and for joining us um, on the stream. Our oh, FPL Spartans made a good point. Salaba can still get one game ban as Arsenal only played eighteen games. It was, it was new, yeah. I almost corrected myself because it was Tottenham that had played the extra game to that point yeah. and can't get banned now for it, but Salaba can and Simbisaka as well, right? Yep. Um, thank you so much, Paul for joining me for this massive episode. Uh, we've also recorded Nip and a Half as well. So if you haven't seen it, uh, Paul and I chat most week. We haven't for a while, but we will most weeks, almost every week. Just, uh, you know, a light-hearted 20-minute look at everything fantasy football for all the different formats. Uh, we are in a competition against each other uh, across uh, FPL, Sky, Telegraph and Dream Team, which Paul is currently... I thought I'd made a bit of a... <laughs> I thought I'd made a bit of a comeback after Christmas... Uh, Paul's lead was 114 points. I was looking forward to a sub 100 point one, and Paul uh, quite gleefully informed me that he is ahead by 133 points now. So uh, and you burnt and you burnt through transfers and uh, Telegraph as well. Would say burnt. Well, you can say burnt through. I'd say optimize my team, but whichever way you want to. I mean, you might have optimized your team, but you didn't optimize your points. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Paul. Again, just keep rubbing that salt in that wound. You're absolutely fine. Um, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, where can people find you? On Twitter at 
Paul McAnulty one M C A N U L T Y. And also on the Nip and Half podcast, which is I think we've only still got we've had a problem with Apple for some reason. I can't resolve it, but it is on Spotify. So if you go onto Spotify, Nip and a Half Podcast, uh, it, our latest one will be on there probably tomorrow morning now. If you enjoy fancy football, you will very likely enjoy it. Uh, my handle on Twitter is at FFH underscore Fergie. Uh, if you liked what you watched, please press the like button. I can't believe we've only had, had 16 likes. That that is, that is criminal. We've had over 200 people watching this stream and only 16 people have pressed like for an hour and 20 of insightful Sky Fantasy chat. Come on, everyone. Please press the like button. Um, remember to subscribe in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen if you haven't already. And if you enjoyed your listen, please rate the podcast version so you can go on to Apple or Spotify, wherever it is. Give us five stars. Leave us some comments be much much appreciated um we'll be back so, so it's a blank sky weekend next weekend because it's fa cup so we won't be here next week we'll be back in two weeks time uh, looking ahead to sky game week 27 so there's a blank sky game week 26 just so everyone knows uh, have a good game week 25 all and goodbye for now